This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. You know, when we, when we moved down here, um, we prayed a lot for our children as we were coming to South Florida. This is 19 plus years ago. And, you know, with the daughter, uh, having our oldest uh, being a daughter, how I many of you know as a dad, you're like, God, I want the best husband for my daughter. And uh, we got that and then some in, in Juan. So we love you, man. You're amazing. Can't wait to see what God's going to do through you guys here in, in the days to come. But they met each other actually in school. I think you were 14. 14, so Juan pursued her for four, from 14 until, <laughs> he said Savannah was 21. No, it was, it was a little closer gap than that, but anyhow, so. Hey, listen, just in the, way, in the way of reminder, every Tuesday night during this month, right here in this place, we are sitting before the Lord, ministering to Him, and, and we're just taking the month of January just to really go deep with Jesus and, and listen to what he has to say to us, you know? I think, you know, he has given clarity to each one of our hearts, you know, on things that we've already known and kind of sensed, but it's coming into perfect focus. And the Tuesday nights are an incredible space to come in. There, it, it's no pressure. You can come when you want. You can leave when you want to. We went last week two hours. I'm telling you, there wasn't a lull or a dull moment in the entire two-hour t- time. It was incredible. And if you were here, give it up to the Lord for what happened here on Tuesday night. It was amazing. Have communion at the back. You can just sit. You can lay down. You can stand. You can do whatever and just be in the presence of God and soak it in as worship and prayer is rising before the throne. You know, there were some beautiful scriptures that were being sung and prayed. It was incredible. If you've never been in an environment like that, come. And just, I'm telling you, it will wreck you forever. It will wreck you forever. It's a beautiful, beautiful space to just go before the Lord and seek Him in this new year. All right? Um, I'm going to jump in. We're in this One Heart series. And we looked at a, a verse out of Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 39, where the Lord spoke. And He says, listen, I am going to do something. And when God initiates something, how many of you know He finishes it? And there is like an initiation, and then there's build, build up, and then there is culmination, and it is something that he accomplishes in the earth. And he says in Jeremiah chapter, chapter 29 here, 30, 32 rather, verse 39, he says, and I will give them, and he's talking to the people of the earth, everybody who, who, is, who, who is born into this earth. He says, I'm going to give them one heart and one purpose. And he talks about what it is. It's talk, he says, it's, it's to worship me forever. Ultimately, our end goal is to be worshipers of God. It's like, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's, I'm going to get into some things today about what that actually looks like. Because how many of you know that worship produces faith and then faith produces action? You know, a lot of times I think, you know, we're a very prophetic culture here because we believe that Jesus is prophetic. We believe that, that God is speaking forth his word. That's what the, the, the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Jesus. It's the testimony of Jesus. Like what Jesus has done, what he's doing, what he's going to do. It's like all about the kingdom of God. And when you tune into that voice and, and really latch hold of it as a worshiper, man, 
there is, there is faith that begins to come over your heart. And that's why the word of the Lord says faith is, is not something intangible. It's, it's a gift that's given, but it causes you not just to you know, grab hold of a promise, but it actually urges you and compels you to step forward in it, to take some action. I, I see a lot of people that get, say, a prophetic word. And what I mean by that is maybe it's, it, it comes through an individual and they, they have uh, an understanding or knowing something about something tangible in your life that they never could have known. And then they, that, that brings like awareness, like, whoa, how did that person know that? And then they begin to speak about maybe something particular that God has for you, right? Anybody ever experienced that in their journey with the Lord? And if you haven't, it's, it's an amazing, powerful thing because you're like, wow, God really cares. He really sees me. He really is intricately, um, uh, you know, involved in my life. But then a lot of times we just sit. We just sit. And we don't take any action to partner with that word. And then we wonder, why in the world is God not fulfilling the promise that he spoke over my life? You know, when, when, when we moved down here, there was many, there was a really massive season of that kind of thing over our lives and over our family, and one that's not really spiritual, um, but, it, but it, it is in a sense, because I learned so much through it, is I had a lady that said, I see you getting your pilot's license. That's what she said. And she didn't know my father was an aviator professionally, um, went into business after that, but he he started off flying for this daredevil back in the 70s by the name of Evil Knievel, where we lived in Butte, Montana. He, he had three airplanes, and my dad put, up, put together his whole aviation department. And I grew up thinking it was normal to ride on the back of Evil Knievel's motorcycle. Come on, somebody. And getting to pick out a new Evil Knievel toy every time I went over to his house. But, you know... This was a word to me, but at some point, I had to take an action step. And it actually started with my wife. She went back to work. We had, we had the first time, we had like some real income coming into our home. Can I get an amen? As a physical therapist. In a while, actually, I was a business guy before I did pastoral work. But, you know, she said, listen, Darren, I really want to support this vision that's in your heart. So I went and checked out, like, what does it take to get your, your, your basic VFR pilot's license? And, and you know, kind of the average was a, a decent amount of money. And I'm like, there's no way, even if Wendy contributes, there's no way I'll be able to do that. So we had some pilots in our church, and I just kind of started asking them around, you know, what's their, what's their advice? And one guy began to give me all of his study and book materials. He's like, I want to give these to you for free. Like, you don't have to worry about buying those. And then another guy said, hey, listen, I'm connected to a flight school you know, over at Executive Airport, and I'm friends with the owner. I'm actually, you know, a, a still a, a CFII, a, a, a flight instructor, and all work in conjunction with your flight instructor. And when we go up, I'm not going to charge you anything by the hour. And I was able to cut down the cost to almost half by these kind of things that were happening. Because sometimes, you know, we think, well, it's out of my reach. I can never afford this, or I could never do this, or when's this ever going to happen? Step out! Take some action. Start talking to people. Start getting around other people that have done what you feel that you're supposed to do. You know, and get inspired by what's on the inside of them. This is a year of movement. 
Listen, if you were stuck in 2019, leave that behind in 2019 and start getting on with what God has for your life. Amen? Because that's where we're going as a community. That's what God is doing in the body of Christ. There's going to come such clarity of vision that we're going to be like, oh my God, this is it. This is what God has. We've thought and felt some things, but my goodness, I see it now. Let's start taking some action steps. And blaming God on why the prophetic words over our life are not coming true. Amen? And I think, I, and I'm just telling you, I'm just going to say this right here. I think there's, there needs to be a spark of faith in some of our lives. We've played it way too safe. You've gotten burned on some stuff. You've insulated. You've walled up to protect yourself. Come on, let faith arise. You, this ain't about you anyhow. This ain't about all that you're going to bring to the table. It's only your yes, as Haley was saying. Bring your yes and bring your full yes. Don't be like, yes, maybe. Be like, yes. And don't get disappointed in whatever we think the timing of that should be. Stay fully in yes mode. Amen? And I feel, I feel that there's going to be like something go off in our church as it relates to faith, man. We're going to take some ground back in the faith world. I mean, we, we please God by partnering with this, this gift that he gives us called faith. He fa in fact, he says, when I come back, will I find one thing on the earth? And you know what that one thing is? Faith. This whole thing is a life of faith, man. And we will be those ones that he finds burning with faith on the earth. Amen? So here's this promise. We're going to have this one heart and one purpose. Not only for our own good, but for the good of our descendants. Now, this is really important. That's in the natural and it's in the spiritual. How many of you know that we're all called to parent? In some capacity, and for sure, for certain, in the spiritual. Our wombs will give much life to many, many people in Jesus. Our spiritual wombs, if you will, right? This is our, pur our purpose, and man, so this, this thing that's coming to us, this thing that's making us worshipers, it's not so that we can just be worshipers, it's so that we can give birth to other worshipers. Or is it just going to be us hanging out every single Friday, Tuesday, and Sunday, right? No, it's to, it's to birth something in us so we can birth something in others. Yes. Now, here's what I want to just say over you to inspire faith. God is true 100% of the time to his promises. 100%. Every single promise in the word, you can take that to the bank. So that's why Jeremiah 32, 39, to me, is not even a negotiable maybe. It's a 100% yes. Worshipers are being raised up right now on the earth. Big time. It's happening all over the world. But here's what I want to talk about today for a few minutes, because I've titled this message All In, because we're going all in. It's not just somebody. And In fact, before I go any further, what I want you to do, I want you to pull out your phones, not to go on social media, keep those apps closed, right? But to open up your Harbor mobile app. Now, if you're like, oh my gosh, Darren, I don't have the Harbor mobile app, I want you to download it, not on Harbor's Wi-Fi, okay? Because you will crash that bad boy, all right? Use a little data for the sake of the Lord, all right? 
take it off Wi-Fi, give Jesus a little bit of your data. Can I get an amen? And download that mobile app because love looks like something and we're going to do something at the end of our time here today, okay? So open up your app and then set your phone back down, turn it over, everybody off their phones, turn that put thing, put it down, but anyhow, begin to download that mobile app, all right? Because the promises of God, here's what I want to talk about for, the, for a few minutes that we have today. The promises of God are revealed to the earth through his servants. This is massive if we could get this. So God has promises that are yes and amen, 100%. But he's waiting for one thing to rise in the earth, servants. Now, I could talk a whole series on the brokenness and manipulation that I have seen over the years in the church as it relates to servanthood. And man, I want to get it right here because I want to just say up front, I'm not trying to manipulate you or anybody in this room or anybody ever to build our little castle within our kingdom, really, to impress a bunch of people at all. In fact, I probably lean to the other extreme, and God's bringing me back center. So there's a boldness on me, but there's a boldness for a reason. Because promises are tied to servants being raised up. That's a fact. If God didn't change my life, there's no way I can change anybody, help change, be a catalyst to change anybody else's. And one of the greatest things that he's done is made this more than just about me. When he's captured my heart, he's given me a heart for other people. I was sitting in Orlando. There was a conference that was going on up there. I went to visit a friend of mine who, who has a ministry in Dallas called The Upper Room, and we were connecting. And this guy that was a friend of his came back to the back where we were sitting and this guy was a part of some pretty significant ministries as he was telling us some of his journey. But there was one moment in the conversation where he said something that impacted me because he had really given himself over like to really see some big things come to pass on the earth, which he was now getting some good balance and some good, some good healthy um, culture and how he was going to walk out because initially it had taken a toll on his family. But he was, he was really like, man, my marriage has to be in order. I've got to have a relationship with my kids. I've still got to have time for myself, you know? Because I'm already going to tell you, like, revival, which is going to hit this place, we're still going to take our vacations. We're still going to do our date nights. We're still going to spend time with our children, right? We're still going to have days off, like, oh no, it's revival's moving. Are we going to have another meeting tonight? No, we're going to take tonight off, and we're going to all go out and have some fun. But the point is, is he had, he had gotten back to where he needed to be, and then out of his, his heart, I could just see it on his countenance, he said, man, I just love seeing people come into an experience with God. Because he, he, he oversaw, like, actually he put on that entire Jesus 19 conference that was going on, 7,000 plus people. I was like, and he did it all by himself. The other stuff he does, he has a staff of like 7 to 10 people, which is way bigger than what was going on there. I was like, you did this all by yourself? He said, yeah, I just love. I, he, and for no money, he didn't even charge the guy. Said, I just love seeing people come into an, an experience with Jesus. So servants are massive. Look at this with me. Paul, Paul reminds the church of this in Rome, which think about this. The church in Rome was at the epicenter of the battle going on between the culture of this world and the culture of the kingdom of God. But there were promises even for Rome. 
Even for the Roman Empire that tried to squash out Christianity at the beginning of the launching of the New Testament church. And look what he says to them. This is amazing. Remember that Christ came as a servant to show the Jews and whoever else that God is true to the promises he has made. That was just one word to them. He said, this is my message to you. Remember that Christ came. So here's the deal. Jesus served as a catalyst. I mean, he came. I didn't, he said this to his disciples. He said, he said I came to serve, not to be served. He was so rooted in health and his identity and all of the beauty of God. He said, listen, I'm, Thank you, but I'm, I've came here to serve and not be served because he was called to be a catalyst to help unlock the promises of God in the lives of others. I mean, oh my God, think about the misfits called the disciples that we now like give homage to and have statues and stuff in churches all over the world. I mean, these guys were nobodies. In fact, all the other rabbis had chosen their you know, elite ones to come and study under them. That's why the whole yoke is easy, burden is light thing. I mean, that, that means to like be chosen. To, and he said, listen, misfits, come and take my yoke upon you. For my burden is easy and my burden is light. In other words, man, he, he was watching the, the religious system and all the other discipleship that was going on was just weighing people down even heavier with more religion, more obligation, more burnout, more disconnection from God. Do you remember Jesus when he's rebuking the, 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 the Pharisees? He's like, listen, you guys got this whole thing all wrong. He was trying to invite them into his own space so he could be a catalyst of change in them, and they resisted. And he told them, listen, the people that you're making disciples unto you are becoming twice the sons of hell that you are. He wasn't, he wasn't being ugly there. He was just saying the fruit of your endeavors is messing people's lives up. Got quiet in there. Breathe there. I get every now and then on my new watch, I get like this breathe thing that comes on at like six o'clock every night or stand. So, like, I'm, I'm just now I'm being told what to do by my watch. All right, stand, breathe, <laughs> eat. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but we'll move on. All right, go to the bathroom. All right. No. <laughs> But Jesus wasn't the only catalyst. We were supposed to be those same catalysts. What if we were the catalytic agents that God was waiting for to bring a shaking to this region? Because there's a promise to see a shaking come to this region. If we don't answer it, he'll bring another generation and invite them into it. I say no to that. I say, my t- yes, I'm in. I'm all in. Because for a promise to come true, as I mentioned, it must be accompanied by action. It's not just something you keep talking about, keep preaching about. You start doing it. You start moving into it. You start taking d- steps of faith. You start saying, hey, let's go ahead and put this, this thing in place or whatever it is. 
Because it started with the promise giver himself. It started with the father. For he so loved that he did what? He took some action. He gave his son. Right? Then it went to Jesus. I have come. Here I am. I'm here to, to be a catalyst in the lives of, of, of 12 minimally, 120 from there, 3,000 from there, and then an unstoppable church that will continue throughout the ages, ever increasing, ever go, growing, ever, ever on the move, right? But it's also set into motion by the yes of the recipient. Follow me. Okay, I'll do it. I'm in. I mean, it start, this, this whole thing, if you look at the pattern in this, it all started back with Abraham. God tells him, go to a place that, I'll get, I'll, that you don't know of where right now. Eventually, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Ooh, that's a little scary. Need some faith here. Okay, I'll do it. I'm in. Yes. Yes. Yes is very dangerous to the devil. That's why it's all or nothing, as I talked about last week. It's like, we're not, it's not like kind of, there's never a maybe that will work in this thing. Never. 100% yes, or maybe just no. And that's cool. I tell people, listen, if you're not ready, just say no and then come find us in whenever, a year, a month, 10 years, I don't know. We'll still be here. Yes or no? Let's, because we're going for this thing. That's where authenticity is going to be seen. People get really confused with maybes. Maybe doesn't work well. In the kingdom of God. But here's what I want to do just so we conclude. I want to give you a massive key to unlocking the promises of God in the, other, in the lives of others. And here it is. This is really important. We need to come to them, take the action step, in the same way Christ came to the world. And this comes down to reflecting Jesus in the way that we serve. The way. You know, we were doing marriage counseling with a beautiful couple who's getting married in a couple of weeks. The other night we were talking about communication within the marriage. And communication is both verbal and nonverbal. Actually, the majority of communication is nonverbal. I was talking to somebody the other day. There's nothing worse than being standing up on the stage and seeing someone out in the audience just cashed out, man. But, you know, I got, I got trained for those moments. Because when I first started preaching, I told you guys this, the only open door for me was to go into a nursing home, and they would roll my audience in, and then they would roll them out. And I don't care how much volume I lifted up, passion, man, they would be cashed, the majority of them, the entire time. And I never got discouraged. But there's something about nonverbal, right? You're trying to talk to somebody. There's the rolling of the eyes. There's the what you know, the slouching down, the not looking you, looking at you directly, right? That stuff speaks. And listen, I want to tell you this: like the way we serve, you know, is very, very important, both verbally, like saying all the right things, but also letting the essence of Jesus come out of us to those that get around us, to where they're like, "Whoa, I don't understand it," but there's something different about these people. That's how Jesus was. He was like blowing everybody's mind because he was so different than all the other religious figures. The majority of the time, he hardly said anything. And people were getting impacted by his nonverbal communication. And we have Christ in us. The same should be true, right? 
So I want to show you a verse. We don't have much time here, but I want you to look at this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, because we've got to do something very important today. Look at this. Paul again, talking about all in servants that are going to change the world to be catalysts in other people. He says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? He's talking about intimacy. He's talking about relationship. He's talking about a real deal love affair with the Son of God. And he says, what should we be encouraged about from that? And then he just asks, instead of getting the answers, he asks a series of questions. He says, any comfort in his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort in his love? Any fellowship together in in the Spirit? And then he says, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Whoa. So think about a servant DNA in a house. Number one, that we belong to God. We belong to Jesus. We're not orphans anymore in our identity. We're not doing this because we think if we do, God will love us more. Or we want some title to be noticed. I could fill in a hundred blanks right there. The point is we are secure in, in, in who we are. If our roles or responsibilities change, we're not phased. We're going along in the journey because at the end of the day, we're giving this to God because we're serving him out of purity of heart because he's our father and it's our honor to be his sons and see him glorified in the world. Because, you know, what if, what if God didn't, you know, wanna, want Harbor to be famous, but he wanted Jesus to be famous in South Florida? What would we be willing to do to serve that purpose versus our own ambitions? What could that possibly look like? What if we had to lay down some of our own self-striving orphan agendas and align with Jesus that may, may upset the apple cart in our own hearts a little bit? No, this is the DNA of being a servant. We're comforted by his love. Like That's really important. How many of you know there's times that, man, we need comfort? And we're turning to so many other things to comfort our hearts. Make 2020 a year where you default. Like, I'm not going to binge on Netflix, although that's not bad if you're in health, right? I'm not going to open, crack a bottle of wine, and instead of having one, two, maybe three, I'm going to take it a, another level because I need something else to fill me. Maybe bourbon is your choice. You get there a little faster. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Point is, we're, we're going to find comfort in the love of the Lord, Right? Fellowship together in the Spirit. Holy cow, what would that look like if a community was fellowshiped in together in the Spirit of God? And have you ever been in those moments when you're just hanging out? It could be at a restaurant. It could be driving in a car with somebody. You just start talking. All of a sudden, Jesus just shows up. Oh, man. I love, I have, I've had some of my greatest church experiences in those kind of moments. I remember one time right down here. At Houston's, I was sitting with another guy that's a part of this community and someone that wasn't in church at all. We start having a conversation. The presence of God showed up in our little booth. 
the guy starts crying, and he's like, what in the world is going on? I said, man, right now, bro, you may not understand this language, but we're fellowshipping in the spirit right here. This is powerful. This might be better than some meetings that you've been to. Yeah, our church was boring for me. Well, good. Here, listen, enjoy the presence of God. We're talking about the Lord, and he just shows up. And the ultimate fruit is that our hearts are tender and compassionate. So the fruit of this DNA, as we conclude today, he says in verse 2, he says, Then make me truly happy. Oh, my gosh. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working, and working... Oh, there's a lot of powerful people in this room that have lots of great ideas, and, and that's great. And there, God may have put those in your heart. But how many of you know that if, if we want to go far, we can go far only if we go? We can go far only if we go. The way that we're going to get to what God has for us collectively is if we go. Come on. If we go, God has something for us together. There's something powerful about unity in the Spirit. It's why all these other things that he mentions in verse 1, not being an orphan, being comforted by the love of God, having fellowship in the Spirit, having hearts that are tender and compassionate. If you've got that, you can, there's no limit or, 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 or lid to your leadership capacity within the body of Christ. If there's not, he's not trying to bench you. But he will work on those things because he wants the Spirit of Jesus... He wants the spirit of Jesus represented to people more than he does want you filling some position. We're all in process. We're all walking this out together, right? Working together with what? One mind and one purpose. Jeremiah. Worshippers in the earth. So unified purpose. If I were to make this super simple, what is our unified purpose? Because it's a vision Sunday in a sense, reminding you of what we spoke on in September. It is to make disciples in South Florida, our nation, and around the world. And I believe we have a call on our house to minister powerfully here, impact our nation in some unique way, because we have a unique brand, if you will, from the Lord on our house that he is working in us, that he has chosen us as a people before the foundation of the earth to, to exude in South Florida that in some way will impact our nation and the world. So discipleship, Darren, what are you talking about? I'm talking, remember Jesus said, here's my commission. You're going to go and make disciples and you're going to teach them. We're talking about renewed mindsets, ways of thinking. So many lies. We're going to pull those things down and we're going to come and bring the truth of God into people's hearts which include, is what their mind, mind, will, and emotions, and we're going to see things realigned so they can get on with what they were always called to do and to be, to be and to do. Probably a better way of saying it, right? It's super simple. No more dysfunction. Health, wholeness, beauty, spirit, soul, body, right? All of it. Holistic kingdom life. Jesus came to give us life. And to give it to us, what? Abundantly. We're going to break the power of death off the earth because Christ has broken the power of death off the earth. And the only reason it has any authority is people have bought into it with their belief systems. We're going to teach them. So discipleship is all about messaging. 
It's our communication. What we say and what we, even more importantly, the world is fed up with a bunch of language that doesn't line up with actions. Uh-oh. Can I say that in church? Like, this is for real. This is like 2020 stuff right here, like clarity, like, Lord, I want to represent the integrity of who you are, which resides on the inside of me. I carry it in its fullness, in its completion. It is finished. It is working in me. I am destined to do this. I am not my old self. I've been bought by the blood. I have been resurrected out of death into newness of life by Jesus. Come on. Messaging. Did you know we're guardians of the culture of the kingdom of God? Did you know all, every single person in this room, you're a guardian in word and deed? Right now, here, here's what I just need you to do to trust me. We are focusing our discipleship effort right now through the gatherings at present, which is Sunday mornings, like right here. Friday nights, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. The monthly burns that are happening. Weekly this month, and then monthly starting in February. Because there's something coming through these that are going to be foundational to the group side or the connection side that God is going to call us to build in some months hence, okay? It's really important. I, I, I am a visionary guy, so at times I see the big picture and I'm all over. I'm just like, whoosh, we got to get here. The Lord is like, Darren, focus on your messaging. I put something on your house. You need to be bold about it. You need to go for it. There's something significant I'm doing right now, and we need everybody all in on this effort. So the first fruits, what I'm believing for is for our Friday nights. And I really am bold about asking this this morning because Friday nights, one of our major intentionalities is to make a space for people who may never come in on a Sunday morning. Yes, it is a secondary service for all of our members of this house. If you're going out of town, if Friday is going to work better for you, come. But listen, we have had so many people come into that space over the years that meant God wants us to step up and say we're willing to give ourselves to bless and be a catalyst in other people's transformation and Friday nights is where we need to really put some focus right now so you know what was crazy I was, I was like and this is going to be true of the furnace and other things that we do on different times I was seeing all these different people come in on Tuesday nights and I found out that there was like 10 worship leaders from another major church that came in to sit before the Lord here at the harbor. That very same church, I know there's a girl that leads a major worship arm of that ministry who said that her life was transformed here. So we're blessing the region, but also we sit back there in partners class and we hear about all the people that have come and made this place home because they made Friday night a connection in their heart. So there's something big on, on, this, on this deal, what the Lord is up to. So open up your mobile app. I want to show you something. There is on this mobile app, there are a bunch of cool things, but one of them is called Harbor Serve. And if you punch on that little app, there is a way that you can write down and give us some information on where you'd be willing to serve. And if you punch it 
And then you click. I'm going to encourage you. You can click Sundays. We need help on Sundays. All that kind of stuff. We need help on the furnace eventually. But really, Friday nights is where we're going. And if you look in there, there's some, there's some roles that you, can, that you can give yourself to. Welcome, family ministry. There's some information that you have to fill out. So that could take a little time. But you'll eventually get to welcome, family ministry, media, cafe, storytelling. And then there's a cool thing that says, hey, are there any specific skills that you have that are unique that maybe could benefit this house? Listen, let me tell you something exciting the Lord is up to. One story, a friend that I can see right now, he's, he's a big-time systems guy within a major corporation. And he so wants to help the kingdom of God, and he's, he's doing something significant in his business realm in terms of influencing that space as God would grace him to be. But he came to us, and he said, I don't know why, I'm feeling something like maybe my skill can help you guys in some way. And he sat down and gave us a presentation. I was like, oh my God, we need your help. So maybe there's a specific skill. Let us at least know. Because here's what I want to tell you. If you give yourself to connection here through serving, man, relationship can begin that way. Oh, come on, guys. Listen. For real. Like, I don't feel connected to the harbor. I just don't know if I feel connected here. I don't know. Like, you could do that at every church if you don't get and engage yourself in doing something. And, but if you get in, even if, if it's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't see myself like being on the welcome team for the rest of my life or serving in the cafe, man, that's the most beautiful way to come in. Like, I'm going to go low. I'm going to give myself to where there's a need. And in that, they're going to know my heart and I'm going to get to know them. And there's going to be relationship. Jesus didn't launch me into pastoral ministry right out of the womb of my birth into the kingdom of God. Right? I was telling somebody, Adam and Kelly, you guys, I don't know if they're here today, Adam and Kelly. There they are in the back. Cheap seats back there in the back. But we were talking, and he was like calculating years and stuff, and we were talking about how, you know, I was like, I think 33, and he was like, man, I'm 33. And and, uh, we were talking about how I planted the church at that age, and I said, man, I was way too not but you know what I mean like we're always growing God's getting into our hearts because he wants to know us and he wants us to know each other so we have 40 spots that's it that we need to just launch right out with Friday nights and, and at least be able to just scale and sustain that ministry weekly to this region are there 40 people here that would say I want to be a catalyst for the change in the life of somebody else. Take an action step. Fill out that information. Click a button on, hey, I'll serve here. I'll serve there, and we'll contact you. Could you stand up with me all over this place? Could we... Could we ask God for an awakening? Could we ask God for something beyond anything any of us could ever imagine? In our hearts, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our jobs, in, in the earning of our income, could we, could we believe Jesus to do something super special this year? Could you join with me in that? Could we just lift our hands, Lord, thank you that we've been called to be catalysts of change in the earth. Thank you, God, for your example. 
Thank you for the life that you lived. I'm asking, come on, join with me, that we would be intrigued with the life of Jesus, that we would be fascinated with the life of Jesus, that we would study and open up the Word of God and look through all the scriptures on the life of Jesus and the effect that Jesus had, and then not stop there, but say, God, this is who I want to be. You came as God sent you, and you gave, you took a step. Lord, help us to take a step. I'm asking, come on, if you need this today, faith all over the room, rise up in Jesus' name. Faith to connect your heart again. Faith to serve again. Faith to use your talents again. Faith to give your resources again. I know you've been burned. I know you've had some bad examples, but that doesn't excuse what God has called us to do in health and in life. Take that step. Jesus. Let us reflect you as we pray today in word and in deed. Have your way with servant hearts all over this room as our ministry team comes forward and we have to release our parents to go get their kids. They can come back, no problem, and receive ministry. Let's just open up our hearts. Father, whatever you want to do in us today to take some forward motion into 2020, we're not going to leave this room until we do. Maybe there was something to this message that struck your heart. I feel like there's a few people that have really gone through some bad ministry experiences and you need a time to heal, but then once that time of healing, don't extend a a dysfunctional time of healing. Take that time, find some safe relationships, and then begin to trust again. Begin to take the risk again. Begin to step out again. I'm asking, Lord, for grace over that today in Jesus' name. All right? So listen, maybe something to the message. Maybe if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you've been in that, that middle maybe. God doesn't want you to stay there. Come on, somebody. He doesn't want you to stay in the maybe. He wants you full yes. Come and let us minister to you. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your life. You just need someone to pray with you. In just a minute, we're going to have you pray with this ministry team. I'm going to have the worship team just take us back into worship. Listen, God bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday night. All right? It's going to be amazing. If you make your way out of the room, Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.